Hello and welcome to the podcast for outdoor lovers. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. If you're returning, welcome back. Our aim is to bring a taste of the outdoors into your home through an audio adventure, visiting some of the most beautiful places. The podcast is brought to you by Countryside Mobility, so we take a particular interest in how the countryside is being made more accessible. And for this, our third series, we're taking a slightly different approach. Rather than the magazine format, the episodes will be more in-depth and, where possible, in location. We kick things off with a visit to a castle. Powderham Castle offers over 600 years of history and is the latest location to become a partner of Countryside Mobility. I went along to find out more about its history, its hopes for the future and what visitors can enjoy today. So put on your boots and join me as we head to Powderham Castle. So today I'm very pleased to be at Powderham Castle. So I'm just a few miles outside of Exeter on the X estuary, which is one of the main rivers that flows into the English Channel. Because I know some of our people who listen to the podcast are from America. I think about about a fifth of our listeners are America. So this is just to give you a bit of where we are. Um, and Powderham Castle, well, you would love it here if you're American. It's got the, it's a, a classic castle. Um, and I'm here with Naomi Hunt. And what's your role here, Naomi, just so I can get your title correct? <laughs> That's fine. I'm um, a visitor operations manager. Um, so oversee the all day-to-day runnings of the castle and the attraction. Excellent. So at the moment, we're walking up to probably, I guess, what most people immediately uh, think of when they think of Powderham Castle. Um, we're coming up to the main building here. Could you just tell us a little bit, or just give us an introduction first of all to Powderham Castle and what we're walking towards at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, we're just heading up into the courtyard. Um, it's a 600-year-old um, family home. So um, it's been within the family of the Courtneys, um, who um, is now currently owned by the Earl of Devon. Um, and he lives here with his wife, the Countess of Devon, and their two children. Will we bump into them? <laughs> you might well do. <laughs> They're quite often walking around the grounds um, and like to say hello to people, so um, uh-huh. we might see them on our journey. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, I mean, I guess that's fairly unusual these days. Um, I, well, I don't know. Is it, do you think, of, of families still living on the property? Um, we generally find that people are quite surprised by the fact that the families still live here. Um, I think, yeah, within a lot of historic houses and things, you know, quite a lot of them are now known by National Trust or um, various organisations. So I think it is quite unique to find one that the family still kind of very much lives in and still uses the property um, that they own. Yeah, because I mean, and it's a very active property, isn't it? Because it's certainly not sort of set in the past. There's lots going on here. Events are one of the main things that you're famous for, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Um, obviously, in normal circumstances, we have lots of big events at the castle. I should um, say the helicopter <laughs> you can hear overhead at the moment is not one of those events. <laughs> It's not, unfortunately. Uh, but no, we do have lots of big concerts and um, things like food festivals. Um, and quite a few years back now, we had Radio One's big weekend here. So that was definitely the uh, the biggest thing that we've done on the list, for sure. <laughs> yes, we're walking into the, the, the main courtyard area here. And I, I, well, when I've been here before, it's been the food festival, which I can highly recommend to people. I very much enjoy going around sampling all the local food, buying bits and pieces here and there. So events is one of the main things. Do you want to describe the courtyard that we've now walked into? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's just a big open space 
Um, this way up actually wasn't the original entrance of the castle. It was originally round over the other side. Um, obviously, if you come and you visit and you walk around to the Rose Garden, um, the original entrance was facing the estuary. Um, so obviously all the boats used to be able to come up very close to the castle and it was useful for, useful for imports and um, visitors and various other things like that. Um, but today, as we look at the castle, you can see uh, kind of the medieval castle and also the newer Victorian extension. Um, there's lots of different types of brickwork, so you can kind of see how it's developed and changed over the years. Um, and obviously we've got the, uh, the modern additions, so we've got the cafe where the chapel Essential used to be. Essential services. Exactly. <laughs> um, and an art gallery. Um, but yeah, it's a great view. It's a great striking view when you uh, first approach. So <laughs> You mentioned where the chapel was, but you still have a church on, on the grounds at the far end, don't you? We do, yes. Um, we have a church over on the estuary path, um, which you can reach via the public footpath. Um, it's a lovely route to access. And I think one of the things I read about that is it's the one place in Devon that you can go where they still use, I don't know, the, the, the King James Bible or, or that liturgy, I think. Oh, so, really? yes, apparently so. I didn't so, know that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so there's, not, there's a real tradition there as well. And I think the family sometimes goes there as well, I think. so. Yes, yeah, no, it is still used. It is still used for various um, things by up within the family. So. Great. Well, uh, I think we should go a bit further. Um, having come up here, um, let's. Um, go for the well one of the reasons we're here is because uh, you are one of the partner sites of uh, countryside mobility the the initiative that uh, that that runs this this podcast and one of the most recent sites to receive a tramper so um what let, let's go and have a look at the start of where one of the trails goes from and we'll talk a bit further there sure Okay, so we're now walking away from where you would arrive. The Welcome Hut is that? I'm always a bit wary about giving it the right name. Is it Welcome yes, Hut? Yes, yeah, Welcome Hut. Soon to be Welcome Centre, but um, at the moment, Welcome Hut. Excellent, so <laughs> going to get upgraded soon. So um, as we walk away, um, I guess one of the thoughts that uh, it would be good to just chat about is the fact that you've got this all-terrain mobility scooter that's available for people to hire. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to get one of those? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, one of Powderham's um, most, I mean, I wouldn't say most recent, but um, most important aims um, in the recent years um, is to just make it more uh, as, as accessible as possible, really. Um, obviously, historic homes traditionally weren't really built with kind of <laughs> accessibility in mind most of the time. Um, so we just want to make sure um, that Powderham is a space that locals and everyone can use um, and make it as, an, as, as accessible as possible for them. Um, we've got quite extensive grounds, um, which quite often people find that it's quite far to walk anyway. Um, you know, families with children yeah. or <laughs> um, all different audiences. Um, so the furthest bit is probably about a 25 minute walk or so, and it's up quite a steep hill, um, but it's a really beautiful location. Um, the Belvedere up on the hill kind of overlooks the estuary um, you've got wonderful views up there, so we just want it to want to make it so that people can access that bit um, and not feel like they've missed anything when they visit Powderham, really. Absolutely. I mean, I've been up there and have to say it's one of the best views in the whole of the extra area, I would say. Oh, wonderful. Um, you can see over the city and the estuary. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And to be able to offer that for people to be able to get up there um, with their friends and family is fantastic. And so what sort of reaction have you had since you've since you've had the tramper? I mean, people have just benefited from it so much already. Um, just the fact that they're able to 
get out and about with their family and friends, um, don't feel restricted by the pathways or the distances, um, even if it's just getting up to the castle a bit faster, because um, the courtyard is up a bit of a hill, yes, so it um, it's not it's not the easiest easiest path to walk. Um, but yeah, people really enjoy it. You know, the simplicity of it is amazing. Um, people pick it up in no time, even if it's just their first time, um, and by the end come back feeling really confident. Um, and then also they've got the benefit of being able to use it at lots of other different sites as well, which is great. That's right. There's quite a number nearby, and so if you be if you join the tram, uh, use the tram for here, join Countryside Mobility, then you get to be able to use other sites nearby. And we've got two routes here that the tramper can go on. So we're currently walking the first bit of one of them, which is the one that you were describing, which goes up towards the Belvedere. There's another one as well that goes um, goes through the Deer Park and, and towards the river and then alongside the river. Uh, do you want to say a little bit about that one? Yeah, sure. So that one takes you out um, along the estuary path um, where you can kind of see the church as we spoke about earlier. Um, as well. It's, it's a lovely route obviously if you follow the, the edge of the deer park um, you can get great views of the deer um, normally they, they like to move around the park uh, follow follow the sun with the day but normally you can get really great views um, and, along that way and the, and the deer park is very much an active deer park isn't it? It is yes, yes. I think we've got well I'm going to get this wrong now but <laughs> <laughs> I think about 600 deer or something like that um, so there's quite a few um, and you know, beautiful um, bucks with the horns. Um, and it's always nice around this time as well when all the fawns are out. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a best time of year or is it? does it vary as... Some... Yeah, so generally June, July um, for the fawns and then rushing season is in October. So And this provides actually a very good link to our previous episode because we were talking to Dan James from Exmoor National Park and he was telling us all about bolving. Have you come across bolving? Oh, no, I haven't. Well, <laughs> well that, that is a sport in, or, of a kind in... Um, in Exmoor where you imitate the noise of a, a, a stag oh <laughs> I see <laughs> anyway you'll have to listen to the previous episode anyway we've just arrived at the uh, with the wall garden or the secret garden is that a new brand new it name is, it new... is yes um, it was traditionally the secret garden then went to the wall garden but we we, sounded, we decided it sounded a bit more fun as the secret garden so we've changed well I think that's, that's a really good name because certainly you know I've been to Powdrum many times not walked up here and had no idea even when I walked towards it I just thought well there's a there's a there's a brick wall there. Oh, really? I had no idea until I came here um, to look at the, the you know the suitability for the tramper as to what's inside. So yes. is it possible for us to just go and have a quick yeah, peek absolutely. and we can have a look and see what's there? So we're just approaching the uh, the main gate here with the the sign secret garden. And as I said, you wouldn't have a clue as to how much is inside. Um, do you want to describe what we can see from? We've just come inside the gate and uh, suddenly a huge op space opens <laughs> up in front of you. Absolutely, it's a really, really big space. Um, we've got lots of different kinds of animals inside. Um, so there's kind of pens as far as the eye can see. Um, we've got goats, pigs, um, a whole menagerie of birds. Um, <laughs> and further on down the field, actually, we've got some alpacas, which were a nice new addition to the, uh, to the Secret Garden I was going to say, I don't remember so them the last time I was no, here. No, no, no. <laughs> and of course, the um, resident donkey and pony who have been here for um, about 10 years now, I think. So. <laughs> and I, I, I expect this is very popular families, is it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. We find that quite often families will come and spend the whole day down here. Um, it's always lovely when people don't realise that it is here um, and then they come down and kind of find themselves lost and don't even end up making it to the castle some of the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's got a play area as well for 
um, children to use um, and there's a veg patch run by a local um, growing community um, and charity up the top which is which is great to have as well and it's a really sunny spot as well that's the other thing you don't realize when you're walking beside it how how much it, this this area catches the sun it is yes it gets the sun most of the day um so much so that it's normally about three degrees warmer than it is um <laughs> is elsewhere the walls kind of keep the heat in and and the glass house at the, the top of the hill there yes yeah the um, victorian glass house it's currently under restoration hopefully will be repaired very soon um but is again used by um sage green growing um to grow various vegetables and things um which I'm glad it's being put to use really great well this is certainly if you come to powder and castle this is this is one place not not to miss so uh well let's carry on our walk and we'll see where we're going to head next sure right so while we're walking along to the next uh, point of interest um Naomi, how long have you worked here um i've been here about three and a half years now a- and um what is it that you really enjoy about your job? Presumably that you do enjoy your job, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's hard not to enjoy your job when you work in a place like this. Um, but I mean, I think the main thing is just how diverse the role is, really. Um, I've been given quite a lot of freedom um, with, you know, what I want to do with my role um, and how we want to kind of develop the attraction um, and make changes. So, um, I mean, the most recent things are kind of working on activity trails, um, which I really enjoy doing, kind of creating illustrations. Um, we actually just made a children's book this year, so. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember you um, saying you've done the illustrations, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, that was a really fun project, um, something that I never thought I would get to do, so it's been wonderful that um, I've been able to achieve that um, within this role. Um, but yeah, creating um, things that just enhance the experience at Powderham, really, so um, making the castle a bit more interactive, Um, and accessible for people, Um, you know, introducing tactile things, audio elements, um, and just meaning that it reaches a a wider audience than it normally would, just staying as a traditional um, historic property, really. That's great. And what what is the appeal for your existing visitors uh, and and maybe for future visitors? What, What are the things that really attract people to come to Powderham? Um, I mean, definitely people, I mean, not necessarily the, the what attracts people, but um, when people are here, they always say how lovely it is that it is still a family home and yeah. you kind of get that feel when you visit. Um, you know, it's really welcoming when people come into the castle, people are invited to kind of use the furniture, sit down, um, enjoy the space really, and you can see how it is still used by the family. Um, and of course, the secret garden, as we mentioned, <laughs> is a, <laughs> a very popular spot. Um, especially with locals you know it's a great safe space um, for people to kind of bring their children up and just let them run wild really (laughs) (laughs) and there are people who live on the estate as well yeah absolutely so um i mean the the estate itself is very extensive um powder remains quite a lot of properties um in and around the village and things um but we have quite a lot of staff members who do live on site um and a lot of properties kind of within the attraction itself you know one at the main gate one up by the secret garden um, or a couple up by the secret garden actually um it's really nice to have people living on site and being able to enjoy this space as their home yeah, I'm always slightly jealous when I see some of these very pretty houses <laughs> as you're going around. I'm, Definitely. I, I guess they have their own quirks and <laughs> difficulties as well, being old buildings, but they certainly look beautiful and 
full of character. Yeah, they really do. The ones by uh, down by Powder and Village, if you do head out towards the church, um, are really quite special as well. They are beautiful looking houses from the outside and I always think how oh, it must be a lovely place to live right by the estuary down there. So we're just walking into uh, the American Garden. Do you want to describe what's in front of us? Another beautiful sunny space. When we first started this interview we were a little bit worried that uh, there were dark clouds and the wind was howling round and now it's beautiful, the sun's come out. Um, do you want to describe where we are? Yeah sure, um, so we've got the uh, River Ken um, running alongside us on the left hand side um, and then it's just a beautiful open space um, full of many different varieties of trees, ones which I can't name because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good with trees, um, but you've got a pathway kind of running through um, and it's a really well planned out space where you've got these open spaces and then more secluded spaces um, that makes it kind of feel really safe um, and special um, and if you look over in that direction uh, to the left you can obviously see Holden um, in the distance with the forest up there on the hill. Another one of our sites I should say, <laughs> yes, yeah, you're within you can see where you could exile the tramper. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, the last time I came here was in the spring, and it, it looks very different now, and I guess that's one of the features of coming here, is that it really does, this garden in particular, probably changes through the season. Absolutely, yeah, it's beautiful to see the changes. Obviously, you have the rhododendrons that come out um, at certain times of the year, um, which just illuminates the garden with a lovely purple. Um, but it's wonderful to watch watch the grounds change um, through the seasons obviously we have a whole carpet of daffodils when it comes to spring um, and then the roses come out in June in the rose garden which is gorgeous um, and then the trees are obviously always looking at their best at this time of year so um, it's a wonderful place to be in the sun really. Yeah I can imagine this you know people especially this summer when you know so many people are holiday at home and, and doing day trips locally you know people are often worried about you know escaping the crowds and I, I, I guess this must be you know, perfect place to come for tranquillity and peace and quiet. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as we mentioned earlier, it is it is quite a walk away from the castle, um, about 15 or 20 minutes or so. Um, so quite often we find that, you know, a quite large portion of our visitors don't make it down here. Yeah. Um, and when, I know whenever I come down here, it is always really peaceful. You know, people are out maybe enjoying a quiet picnic or um, just relaxing in the sun. Um, but I've never seen it busy down here, really. It's always a <laughs> lovely I guess it's your space. second secret garden. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah. So we're just walking through the uh, American Garden. We've just come to a, a point where it opens out and... There's a, a building in front of us. Do you want to describe what that building is? Uh, yeah, so it's just a, I mean, it's a disused folly now, um, but was obviously built um, as an entertaining space um, in the 1700s. Um, and so it, would they have their dinner here? or was it, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was used for kind of parties or, yes, entertaining guests, um, bringing them down here for dinner. Um, nowadays it's used as a venue for weddings quite a lot of the time and, as you can see, it makes a, a really beautiful opportunity for that. Um, but it's in kind of this bowl shape in the, in the ground surrounded by trees um, which again just adds to that serenity and makes it feel really secluded and special so um, it's quite magical down here I think. And, and a po very popular place for weddings isn't it? Definitely yes um, yeah it works really well as a uh, framework and archway um, for people to get married underneath um, and just a lovely entertaining space. 
Well, it's it's great to, to, to come and walk around with you and be reminded of the beautiful places there are here at Powderham. So I really would encourage anyone, whether they're going to be using the tram for or not, to uh, to come to Powderham just outside of Exeter and really well worth a visit. We've just scratched the surface in terms of some of the places that you can visit and see here, but you'll find full details in the description. Have a look at the website and, and do consider a visit. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little audio tour around the Powderham Estate with Naomi. It really is well worth a visit. And we're really grateful to the Exeter Chiefs Foundation for helping to fund the all-terrain mobility scooter that you can hire there. If you'd like to find out more about Countryside Mobility and the other locations we work with, then please do visit our website, countrysidemobility.org, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. That's all for this episode, but do have a listen to the previous episodes. Visit the podcast website, insideoutpod.com. And until next time, stay safe and keep exploring.